You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit. One podcast at a time with your host, Alicia McCormack. Well, it is an absolute pleasure to be sharing this time with you, my lovely bride chillers and groom chillers. If you're new to the show, that's what I call you. Or as a shortened, let's get to know each other version, chillers. If you are new to the Bride Chiller podcast, this is episode 381. And you might be going, oh my God, that's so many episodes. How has she talked about weddings for that long? Well, it's due to episodes like this. This is a Bride Chiller Q&A episode. Some of my most popular episodes of this show have been answering your wedding planning Q&A. And there is no question too big, too controversial or contro or too small when it comes to Bride Chiller Q&A or Groom Chiller Q&A. I'm not fussy and I would love to hear men's voices more on this show. But I love hearing from you. I ask you to send in voice messages or emails if you don't want to leave the VMs. And it's great hearing all of your conundrums. I'm not like celebrating your conundrums. I'm just saying that I think when you're in the heat or the heart of wedding planning and you start to go, fucking hell, am I the only one that thinks that this is crazy? Or am I the only one whose parents or friends and family are all completely insane? Or am I the only one who doesn't really realize how to solve this problem because all of the mainstream wedding media doesn't address it because we're supposed to be planning a perfect wedding day and nothing ever goes wrong? So I think that's why the Q&A episodes are relatable because you can realize very quickly that there are a lot of people out there all over the world that are suffering from the strange affliction that is wedding planning stress. Or as I like to shorten it and call it, you'll notice I do shorten a lot of words. It's an Australian thing and it's an Alicia thing. I like to call it wed stress because I think it covers a multitude of wedding planning stress situations. And you can just go, listen, I'm feeling this way because I've got wed stress. Don't tell me to calm down. It's just going to make me feel more on edge. Wed stress. Wed stress. That is the worst thing you can do to anyone that's angry or feeling stressed or overwhelmed. Just go, just calm down. Just calm down. It's like that's my trigger point of going, I'm going to just punch you in the throat. Don't tell me to calm down. That's not a good solution. You're not helping me. So I promise not to ever ever tell you to calm down when you leave me a question or answer. Now, I will get to the questions and giving you the answers, but if you do have a question, if you're listening to this saying, Alicia, in all the last 381 episodes of this show, you haven't answered this question, then all you need to do is visit thebridechiller.com. That is the hub. That's the blog. That's where you'll find all of my past episodes. I write a blog for every episode of this show and uh, includes links to things I've talked about and also a link to leave me a voice message. It's really simple to do. I love hearing your voices, your accents, and I like to talk back to you, talk with you. So that's all you need to do. Also, if you would like to purchase a Bride Chiller Guide, these are our self-published fucking kick-ass wedding planning guides that are all about helping you plan the wedding you want without the stress, without the wed stress. They are not full of flowery bullshit, anti-feminist stuff that a lot of the other guides are. This is straight talking fun, full of swears, lots of color and movement, and great for heterosexual couples and same-sex couples of all denominations. Take a breath, Alicia. It sounds like you're on crack. I'm not. I've just had two coffees. I'm excited. I'm very excited. So let's kick it off with the first voice message. Who's there? 
Hi, Alicia. First of all, thank you so much for this amazing podcast. Uh, your episodes, they really have us, have us laughing a lot with your amazing guest speakers. And it's answered a lot of our questions along the way. But one of the questions that um, we're kind of struggling with and need your help with um, is around wedding gifts. So my fiance and I are getting married next year. It's the same sex wedding and she's Danish and I'm, uh, I'm from the UK. Um, and it's very traditional in Denmark to bring a physical gift to the wedding. Um, so when Danish couples get married, they set up a kind of list um, and what store they can go in to buy it. And then from that, the guests get a gift, wrap it themselves and bring it along with them. Whereas obviously in the UK, a kind of online platform where people can just make the transaction online and then the gifts are delivered to the couple after the wedding. Um, that's obviously kind of the norm um, that I've experienced. So that's something that we want to do to make it easy for, for our guests if they don't want to bring something physical. But we're struggling a little bit with how to phrase that on our invitation um, or our wedding website. I mean, asking for presents is a little bit awkward anyway, I think, um, let alone having kind of two separate ways to do it. Um, so, yeah, we just want to have a clear way um, that is polite, basically. Um, so, yeah, we'd really love some, some advice on this. Um, thank you very much. That was Bride Chiller Rosie. Lovely to hear your voice, Rosie, and thank you for leaving your message. Good question. Gosh, I love learning about other countries' traditions and things that are done and love the Danes. They're very forward-thinking, fun people. But as you said, the idea of having a physical gift might not be that convenient, especially when you'll be travelling back to the UK. Firstly, I think with that tradition and maybe with older people, regardless of what you, I'm going to suggest you write on a card or your wedding website, I think you probably should prepare for some people to still say, fuck that, we're bringing the gift, this is the tradition. Old people do that. Old people, and I say old people, I mean anyone above 40 who just sort of go, and that's not old, I'm 38. Jesus, what have I just done? But older people sometimes go, well, that is what we do, and I'm not going to change it just because they wrote it on a website. So we just need to be aware of that. I would actually say, and be a little explanatory. Is that a real word? I think it is. With the description on, as you said, your wedding website and in the invitation, and say that you are grateful for those who wish to contribute a gift, blah, 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 blah. You can make that flowery and nicer. But due to traveling back to your home in the UK that your luggage is limited and that therefore you would appreciate a contribution to this gift registry fill in the rest I think keep it smart keep it polite and simple and hopefully people will pick up on that message and then also as I said have a plan b for people that choose to completely ignore your messaging and bring you a gift Thank you very much again, Rosie. Now I have an email question that has come through. This is from Bride Chiller Kennedy, who says, I've just discovered your podcast and I absolutely love it. Thank you. So many good tips. Anyway, I have a couple of questions for you. So I am from Canada and my fiance is from New Zealand. We're having the wedding in New Zealand and it seems like my mum is already missing out on the wedding planning. She's expressed feelings of being left out of a couple of times and I want to know if you have any tips to make her feel more included with the planning and on the actual day. It's really important to me that they're involved with my dad having the father-daughter dance and walking me down the aisle. He's pretty sorted but I want there to be something special for my mum to do. Any ideas? 
Kennedy, I know that this will be relevant for a lot of bride chillers and groom chillers because we live away from home. A lot of us don't live where we grew up, aren't living down the road from our parents, and it can be challenging when it comes to the wedding planning stages where traditionally your parents would have been more involved to incorporate them into that process when distance can make it really hard. I would say that it sounds like you are living in New Zealand because it sounds like you're not in Canada. I'm making assumptions. Please forgive me if it's incorrect. But the time difference between Canada and New Zealand, I know, living in London and family are in Australia, I know it sucks because when they're sleeping, you're awake, and when you're awake, they're sleeping. However, if you are able to go and perhaps try some dresses on and Skype your mum in or FaceTime your mum in and get her to feel like she's actually a part of those sort of meetings and to really make the time to have video chats and talk through some of the processes that maybe she would have been a part of had you been in the same city. That to me is inclusive and making her feel like she knows what's going on. A lot of the time people feel disconnected from the process or they feel left out or lonely about it all because they don't know what's going on. So maybe you kill her with a lot of, not killer, that sounded really brutal, but I mean, maybe you overwhelm her with lovely details and keeping her up to date without it being intense for you. But just making her feel more involved could be just what it needs. Maybe she just wants to feel like she's a part of it from afar. And of course, the distance is hard, but those little, those little extra things can make all the difference. When it comes to parents' involvement in the day, I think it's really about planning maybe your wedding morning if you're getting ready with your gals and your guys that you have key moments in the morning or in the lead up. I'm assuming if she's coming from Canada and you are in New Zealand, then they'll probably arrive hopefully a couple of days in advance because that jet lag is brutal. But maybe you plan some events together. Maybe you go to the wedding dress shop if that's where you're going to get a final fitting Maybe you invite her along, go and have a special morning tea or a brunch or something if she's missing out on other activities like a bachelorette or a bridal shower. Maybe just create those little moments that you can share together before the wedding. And then on the wedding morning, I think, you know, she'll be there hanging out, getting her hair and makeup done with the the group, hopefully, that you're getting ready with. Lastly, I think speeches are a really nice gesture and I don't think women speak enough at weddings. I've talked about this a lot in the past and I'm so inspired by so many bride chillers and parent chillers who are choosing to make speeches, especially the females, because I think it's often seen as, oh, dad will make a speech and uh, the groom will make a speech, but the bride won't make a speech and the bride's mother won't get up there. And I've been to two weddings recently where the mum got up, the mother of the bride got up and spoke, and fuck, it was good. It was just great. They did their own speeches. They were tight and bright. But really, I just was like, oh, my gosh, I've forgotten how fewer women stand up and speak. And hearing these strong matriarchs of these families get up and and say their piece, I really connected with it, and I think more mums should do it. So maybe that's a really good thing for your mum to do give her a speech if she's up for it. All right, round two, second question. Kennedy says that, secondly, I have asked a good friend of mine who is heavily tattooed to be a bridesmaid. Good. My partner mentioned to me that he's worried her brightly coloured sleeves and chest piece will distract slash ruin our photos. Here we go. His mum and my soon-to-be mother-in-law same person, uh, agrees and thinks that I should ask her to cover them for the day. 
My problem is I don't really feel one way or another about them. They're not my cup of tea, but I'm not really bothered. I've been looking into bridesmaids' dresses and would cover them, but because it's a summer wedding, I don't want the girls to overheat. Is it super rude to ask her to cover them? And because she's my bridesmaid, is it my job to ask her if I don't feel strongly? Help me! Here's what I think about this, Kennedy. This is your wedding. This is your friend. You feel very nonplussed about it, which I totally get from what you're saying. It's not something that you think will affect your day. You're not offended by the tattoos. You're asking your dear friend to be a part of the wedding and the tattoos are part of her. So for me, that should be the answer. Now, your mother-in-law and your partner, on the other hand, that's their prejudice and their problem. And I'm not saying prejudice in a really bad way. I think we all come from different backgrounds and we all have different feelings on tattoos and body stuff. And that's cool. But also, it's not really the time for her to be coming in saying, well, I don't like the way she looks, so cover it up. I don't I don't love that. I agree. If you are looking for a bridesmaid's dress or something that will cover up, sounds like she's got, you know, a sleeve, so it's an arm and a chest situation. God, I'm good with tattoos. A chest situation. Um, then maybe you, if you really feel strongly about covering up the chest, you get a higher necked bridesmaid dress which could be a compromise but also again I don't know I just it just doesn't seem to be a big deal and also the day's about you people are going to be looking at you yes they'll look at your bridesmaids and they'll say gosh they look fabulous but no one's sitting there judging and if they are they need to get a life final thoughts on this I think you know have a chat to your friend but I really don't think it's worth rocking the boat poking the bear whatever you want to say whatever now analogy is associated with this situation if you don't feel strongly about it I think let it rest and move on and if your mother-in-law and partner have a real beef with it then maybe have a chat to them and sort of say that just say I don't really feel that comfortable about approaching my friend uh, or putting them in neck to knee dresses so you feel more comfortable because it doesn't fit with your ideals of what you think a bridal party should look like I know it's tough but I think stand up for your friend and the last thing you want to do is make your friend feel uncomfortable or that they're not worthy or they look different from other people and I know tattoos are a choice I know people you you know get tattoos because they want them to be seen it's art it's an expression it's their choice of what they want to put on their bodies I support that and I think that you should too was that too heavy got a bit excited there I want to talk to your mother-in-law that's basically what it is more questions please Hi, Alicia. My name is Kristen. I'm a listener from Canada. I love your podcast so much. I binge it so hard and now I'm all cut up. My question today is about step parents and your thoughts on how to involve a step parent. Um, my wedding is in October and I still can't think of a way to involve my stepdad in the wedding. My mom and dad are going to be walking me down the aisle, but I would somehow like to involve my stepdad in my big day. I'd love to hear your input and any ideas. Thank you so much and happy days. Well, happy days to you too, Kristen. Again, a question that comes up a lot, and I think it depends on your relationship with your step family. Some people love their step parents, and some people fucking hate them and feel obliged. But I don't get the vibes that you dislike your stepfather because you want him to be a part of your day. Here's the thing I think is a really easy solution, and that is readings. Everyone loves to feel important and included 
by giving a reading in the service. It doesn't have to be long. It's a significant role in the wedding ceremony and you can give them something about, you know, a reading about being a parent or passing on the love or, I don't know, I'm just making shit up. But I think you could find a a lovely reading that's significant to your relationship with him and it could be really nice and something that's an easy solution without having to come up with some sort of elaborate scheme to include him. And depending on how close you are to him and how your families get along, this might not suit your situation, but there have been lots of chillers that have done a double dad, a double dad, sorry about your ears then, a double dad dance. That just sounds like a weird thing, not weird, but that you might start your dance with your dad and then pass you over to the stepdad. But a lot of People feel uncomfortable about that because of, I don't know, stuff, family stuff. But for some people, it really works. That's another suggestion. Good on you for being inclusive, keeping everyone happy, but also doing what you want to do. That's what it's all about. Thank you so much for leaving your voice message. Love, love, love. Hearing from chillers all over the world. If you would like to leave me a voice message, visit thebridechiller.com. I'm going to be doing lots more Bride Chiller question and answer episodes coming up soon. So uh, keep an eye out in the Bride Chiller community as well because I've got a couple of guest question answerers, including Kevin Elizabeth, who is a wedding photographer from California. She's been on the show a few times. She's fabulous. And she will be coming to uh, appear on the show to talk about wedding photography and answer your wedding photography questions. So if you have one that's come to mind right now, don't let it go. Store it and then say it in a voice message to me and I may use it on the show. There'll be more of Bride Chiller after this. Chillers, if there's one message you get from the Bride Chiller podcast beyond anything to do with wedding planning, it is my enthusiasm for seeking counselling. And it's something that I have sought out over the last 10 years of my life through different stages of being able to sit and talk to someone that is qualified to listen and provide guidance and help me through those stages. And I absolutely jumped at the chance to partner with BetterHelp, who are providing an awesome online service where you can seek online counselling for a multitude of various life stages and situations. They have over 3,000 US licensed therapists across all 50 states and their counsellors are available worldwide. They have four communication modes, that's text, chat, phone and video and you can connect with a licensed professional who can talk to you about stress and anxiety or anger or family management conflict situations which I know a lot of people in the bride chiller community are challenged with how to handle family conflicts or dealing with grief and stress and trying to build your self-esteem these are all things that you can talk to a counselor about and find solace in professional help everything you share is confidential and having used the service myself I can say as a really busy person being able to connect with someone online and develop a relationship that doesn't require me to get on public transport or take time off work is really handy and best of all it is all truly affordable bride chiller listeners will get 10% off your first month with the discount code bride chiller so why not get started today go to betterhelp.com slash bridechiller simply fill out the questionnaire it's super simple and help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor that you will love and that will help you that is betterhelp.com slash bridechiller 
make a positive choice chillers and do something that's really just for you. Chillers, the word free and wedding rarely appear in the same sentence, although the Bride Chiller podcast is free and it helps you plan a wedding. But our friends at Zola also like to promote the fact that all of their wedding planning help. They're free guest list manager. They've got checklists. You can create a wedding registry for free and your very own wedding website. Zola offer couples free tools to help streamline their wedding planning. Zola is an online wedding registry and whether you are saying I do in front of 20 people or 400, whether you're hosting an intimate reception or an epic dance party, I want to come to your dance party if you're having a dance party, Zola will help you with every aspect of your wedding planning journey. Zola.com is a store with over 50,000 gifts to choose from. That is a lot of choice. From physical items to travel registries, cash funds to planning experiences and connecting them with your registry, Zola takes all the stress out of your big day. Zola offers free wedding websites with hundreds of designs for every wedding style. They are super easy to use with customizable templates and offer all the features you need, including online RSVPs, which I think is fabulous because you're keeping all the information in one place. It doesn't mean you have to go and do 28 different Google Docs. Zola will provide a hub for you to connect all your information and then, of course, share your wedding registry info with your guests. Zola are a longtime partner of the Bride Chiller podcast, and you can join over 500,000 couples who've already used Zola, and they're probably all from the Bride Chiller community. Well, maybe not that many, but we've certainly guided a lot of chillers towards using Zola, and they have been very satisfied and stoked with the outcome. To start your free wedding website and also get $50 off your registry on Zola, all you need to do is go to Zola, Z-O-L-A dot com slash bride chiller. That is Z-O-L-A dot com, Zola dot com slash bride chiller to get your free wedding website and also $50 off your wedding registry on Zola. Hi, Alicia. My name's Linos. I'm a bride chiller who's getting married in Wales in October and I feel like we hear a lot about the intricacies around maybe helping costs by having friends or family members as suppliers. I mean, if you've got somebody who's talented at doing hair and makeup, for example, having them on your wedding day to help you with those things rather than spending a lot of money on a professional, that type of thing. What I feel we don't hear much about really is what happens when we have a friend or family member who is a professional and we would perhaps rather not employ their services. We'd rather them come to our wedding just as a guest, perhaps a member of the bridal party, 
but nevertheless we want them there to enjoy and not to not to work but maybe that person in their professional capacity is expecting you to ask them to want them to perform the professional role whether they're a photographer whether they're a florist but you would rather go to a stranger as it were how do you address the difficulties that that might arise if you have somebody expecting to supply your wedding and you would rather then just be a friend and not make things complicated with a professional layer on that relationship love the podcast would really appreciate your thoughts bye linos very good question. I think a lot of people struggle with the two sides you were just saying. One is how to ask people if they have the skills and they want to contribute, how to ask them to be a part of your wedding and do you pay them? That's one question. I know it's not the question you ask, but I just want to address it because I'm sure some people are listening thinking, I have a friend who's a hairdresser. It'd be great to have her do my hair in the morning, but do I pay her? How do I ask her to work on my wedding day? And my quick answer to the question you didn't ask, but I'm going to answer it anyway, is I believe you should always offer to pay people and then allow them to say, no, 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 I'd love to gift you your wedding hair. Or no, you just pay for the flowers and I'll do the floristry for free. Or yes, thank you. I will accept your payment or I'll do you a discount or no discount at all. I think you always should offer a financial or definitely covering the expenses of the thing that they are helping you with and then allow them to gift. I think it's really nice uh, manners and also just that you're not taking advantage of people's skills and expecting it. Now, this is not the question that you ask, though. You are, I know, you are asking how to not ask someone to be a part of it who thinks they are going to be part of it. You mentioned that you just want them to be a part of the day and have a good relaxing time and you'd rather hire a stranger or an alternative vendor. Now, this may be part of me was thinking, I wonder if she thinks they're not that great at the job. I don't know. This is a bitchy thing that I think, but my cynical nature immediately goes to perhaps you don't rate them or perhaps the stuff that they do is not your style. And that can be tricky because, well, because I don't think you should ever say, I don't like your floristry. I think your photography shit. It's not my style. I don't like any of your things or your hair is not that good. And I know you didn't say that, but my heart just said, maybe that's why you've asked this. Maybe you genuinely just want them to enjoy the day. Of course you do. Stop looking into things too deeply, Alicia, but that's my job. With this situation, you've got to be clear. You cannot give them an out by saying, no, 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 I insist, because that shit sucks. And that's when you have to go hard. I think you should just be very open and say, we are choosing to not use friends as vendors or frienders because we want everyone to really enjoy the party. So we are seeking outside vendors, but we really appreciate your skills and efforts, but we're quite firm on this and we'd just love you to be there and enjoy the day. Take a day off, relax, enjoy yourself. That's the attitude I think you should approach this friend with. And also, Just quietly. I don't think anyone should ever assume that they're going to be doing something for anyone's wedding. I think it's a bit of a privilege. And also, why are they assuming that their stuff is your style? Just saying, I know that observation's not helpful to you, but I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Good luck. Please let us know how it goes. I know it can be hard, but just get it out there. Rip off the plaster or the Band-Aid. I promise it will be easy once you get it done. Hi, Alicia. 
First of all, I love the podcast and I always get excited when I see any new episodes and I think your tone and attitude towards weddings is a real breath of fresh air. So thank you. I'm calling to ask about destination bachelorette parties. My friends and family are really scattered across the United States, so there's no local option. Um, I've asked my sister and one of my good friends about this just to get their feelings and they would have six hour flights and they're both really excited to travel and to celebrate. I know some people may not come, and I actually had to turn down a destination bachelorette weekend last year um, due to finances, so I, I get it. I'm not trying to be a burden, and I definitely don't expect everyone to come. Well, I posted on a wedding forum about when to ask friends about this idea and to gather dates, and they were adamant that the bride can never email her friends to organize this. So I was just going to send an initial email and then drop off the chain and let my sister take over. But she's a really busy doctor. She asked me to start it off. Is this inappropriate? Like, what is the best way to kick off this process? I'm thinking this weekend would be March or April 2020. So when should we let people know about it? They'll have to buy flights and I want to be as considerate as possible. Thank you in advance. I'm really struggling with this and I don't want to do the wrong thing. But I would love to celebrate with my friends and family. That was Bride Chiller Ashley. Well, firstly, congratulations, Ashley, for just being a generally top bloke, as we'd say in Australia, a good chick, because you were thinking about your other people, your extended friends and family members who are going to be planning this event and taking part in this event. And I think it's really mindful of you to think about their finances, their time, and their commitment to your wedding-related events. So fucking top job to you because I think a lot of people jump into this and just go, yeah, people are going to just turn up whenever I say, oh, we'll just organise it. doesn't matter how much it costs. Not the bride chiller community, but I do see a lot of people in other wedding planning forums who get all shitty because people can't turn up on the specific weekend that they have chosen for a bachelorette or hen's party. And I think it's unfair. I think we need to be really aware of other people having lives and different budgets. And I talk a lot about this in the Maid Chiller Manual. It's the bridesmaid guide that I wrote earlier in the year. And in one of the chapters, I talk exactly about what you asked about planning your own party or at least contributing to the early stages of organising Ashley. And I think it's really nice that you want to step in and just do the initial outreach and make sure everyone's comfortable. So maybe you could just say to your maid of honour, your sister, of course, also, you know, you mentioned that she's really busy. So I don't think this is wrong at all that you want to take a bit of heat off her. But maybe you could just say, hey, ladies, gents, group, posse, um, I would like to be able to help out. I don't want to take over, but I would like to be just kept in the radar of what's happening. I also think that letting people know if that's the date that you're choosing in 2020, you're very organized. I salute you. But I do think it's good if you're asking them to travel to give them as much notice as possible. So once all of the plans are in place, then definitely connect, make a WhatsApp group or a Facebook group or whatever you want to do, a paperless post perhaps. That's a good new vocal warm-up, paperless post, paperless post, paperless post. You could do that and then people can start organising, grabbing cheaper airfares and accommodation if they need to do it. I don't think this is controversial at all for you to step in. And I get that they're probably saying, no, 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 Ashley, we don't want you to reorganize. You're doing enough already. I'm sure that their response is from the kindness of their heart, wanting you to relax and just enjoy the weekend. So there's probably just a bit of a balance to be had here. Good. I feel happy with that. Are you happy, Ashley? I bloody hope so. Thank you, everyone, who has contributed this week for the Bride Chiller Q&A. I love hearing from you.
Is that too loud? I love hearing from you. All you need to do to leave me a voice message is visit thebridechiller.com. If you would like to purchase your own Bride Chiller guides, here's the thing. You can get the Bride Chiller Survival Guide and Bride Chiller Field Guide plus a packet of kick-ass Bride Chiller pencils, one of which says, fuck perfect. And there's a chiller and a Happy Days pencil. That comes in the pack for $49 US dollars. That means you save 15 US dollars if you buy them all together. All you need to do to snap that little baby beauty up is visit bridechillerstore.com. It is the only place. Actually, that's a lie. You can also go to Amazon, but you can't buy the pack on Amazon. It's the only place you can buy your bride chiller guides. Why is my voice going like that? That was creepy. Good. Thank you again for listening. Love to you all. And uh, I hope you have a cracking week. And until next episode of Bride Chiller, happy days. The Bride Chiller Podcast. The only place a cookie cutter should be used is in the kitchen. Am I right? <laughs>